I'm Harry Nichols. This is Kid Stuff. I'm a teacher and independent musician living and working in upstate New York. And on this podcast, I'm sitting down with fellow creatives from all walks of the creative spectrum. And we are going to talk about their kids' stuff, their adolescence, and how they grew to the people they are today. This time around, I got to sit down with John Allison Weiss, who is a wonderful pop songsmith. Johnny first garnered national attention in the early 2000s when they became among the first to successfully crowdfund their LP, which was called Was Right All Along. They took that initial success and turned it into multiple tours, LPs, EPs, you name it. Most recently, they released a wonderful LP called The Long Way. It had been eight years since the previous one, uh, and I was hungry for it. I have been listening to Johnny's music for over a decade. They're kind of a hero for me, so uh, this was a really special interview for me. Before we get into it, though, I do want to mention that if you are enjoying what I'm doing here with Kid Stuff, interviewing creative people about their childhoods, the show could really use a little bit more support to help us get out to some more people. So you can head on over to wherever you stream your podcast from, give us reviews, uh, give us comments and things like that. Follow the podcast. That helps those algorithms push it to more people. And anything you could do is greatly, greatly appreciated. Or, you know, you could just listen. That's also a thing you could do. As always, you can find all of the music in the show, all of my music, Johnny's music, linked in the show notes. All right, that's enough out of me. John Allison Weiss, everybody. Johnny, thank you so much for joining me on Kid Stuff. Hell yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, this, is a, this is a real pleasure for me. I've been, uh, let's see, I so I took a second and actually went through my band camp uh, purchases to try to figure out when I started following your music. And it was um, with the teenage years. I think I downloaded that in 2013. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Awesome. And and super uh, uh, appropriate for the conversation at hand today. Right. So the, the first thing I want to do, right, this is a, a show that's all about um, thinking about our youth, thinking about our childhoods and our upbringings. And so I, I just want to push you right into the pool, if that's OK. Um, and uh, ask you, what is the first vivid memory that comes to mind for you when I bring up uh, adolescence or childhood? Oh, um, you know, for me right now, I I spend so much time thinking about this because uh, I feel like I've been getting back to like my adolescence and my childhood. So I mean, when I think of adolescence and childhood, I think of uh, my years probably between the ages of like eight and eleven when I was just like. Um, you know, play with the words and making a lot of art and things for fun. I was always like drawing and, and sculpting with like Larry and like uh, my parents had an old video camera and I would like make movies with my stuffed animals. And yeah, I was like um, enjoying the things that you can enjoy in life uh, before you learn about stuff like school and jobs. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh my gosh. That that sounds so uh familiar to me actually. Um yeah. I also was like a total video camera kid. Um cool. I made tons of like videos with like G.I. Joe's and you know like little little bits. Do you do you remember any specific uh like little little art nuggets or pieces that you made as a kid? Oh yeah, definitely. I was just about to ask you how old are you because I wanted to know like what kind of video camera you were using when you were making stuff as a kid. I am thirty-five. Nice, I'm thirty-six, so we're the same. 
Um, so yeah, I don't know about you, but the first thing I was making stuff on was like my parents had like a VHS, like a Panasonic where we took the big ass VHS tape. That's um, right. And so I was working on that, and I remember seeing somebody making a movie in a cartoon one time where they had a camera and they would start recording, stop record, start record, stop record, and they did stop motion that way. Um, and so I borrowed my parents' camera and started doing that, like with my stuffed animals. Um, and so I was making, I had this stuffed rabbit that I loved, and I would um, make videos of him like walking around the house, or you know, just like. Dude, it would be like a 30 second movie there of a staff to where we're walking. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that's my awesome. Shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I had that. What now are you describing that big ass like um I had like the bazooka camcorder. Yeah, you know like what I mean? Like, we gotta put it on your shoulder to use it. Yeah. That's right. It's like the 80s dad camcorder, is what they yes. right? oh, so good. Yeah, hell yeah. No, that's awesome. I I, I I'm for some reason I'm not surprised to hear that you are uh you know you're, you're sort of in tune with that sort of like early childhood um creative expression the stuff that kind of gave you joy at that point you know what I mean yeah and when I think back on it, I think it, you know there's just like such a purity to it would you agree like there's just uh, this glee that you know I find unmatched right. in adulthood yeah definitely because you're a kid and you, you like maybe haven't experienced that feeling yet where like you make something and then someone is like that's not good or whatever you know like when you're the adult and people are critical of the things you do and then you internalize it right it's like you're a kid and you're just like i want to show off what i've done i want to show off what i've made Th- those sorts of feelings um yeah and i think i think about it too in relation because i've been playing music now since i was 15 or 16 which um as a 36 year old i look back and i'm like i was a child i was like a ch- if my friend's 15 year old kid was like writing songs and performing them, I would be like, holy shit, your child is amazing. Right. Was, like, looking back on that now, I'm like, wow, I've literally been doing this my whole life. Um, and yeah, I think <laughs> about it as a musician, because, um, you know, the songs I wrote back then, I feel like you can tell that I just, like, did not give a fuck who was going to hear it, or if they were going to like it, or if I was going to be embarrassed about the, the emotion of lyrics, I was just like, I had things to say, and I wanted to say that and then like, no inhibitions. Um, but yeah, I don't know about you, but I feel like I think about that a lot, about, like, creating, creating art from, from that place of, like, like you said, what do you say, Pur- purity, innocence? There's, there's, like, a pure glee to it, you know yeah, what I mean? It's sort of glee. unbridled. Like pure, wholesome glee, yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's also something in, so I'm a songwriter as well. And Yeah, um, I know this about you. <laughs> oh, you do? Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure, I mean, I've seen your name around forever, because, um, like, I do all my own social media stuff myself, so if somebody's, like, popping up and, like, supportive, like, I don't know, I tend to, like, recognize these videos and see people, and also, I'm pretty sure, uh, like, at the top of the pandemic, but I was doing some open mic stuff, you popped in and played a song or two, right? Oh, my God, yes. Yeah, <laughs> it was great, and it was so oh, fun. Man. My inner fangirl is just like, yeah, freaking out. Anyway. <laughs> Let her out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there's something about like the, the the earliest, like when you get serious as an artist too, like which for me happened like, you know, like 14, 15, like about the same time as you, I think. Um, yeah. There's something about those early pieces that you crank out as well that is just like, you know, you've never done anything like it before. 
I, I think about my own artistry a lot and and I'm a self-critic about like, have I done this before? You know, like, is this just the same as some other song that I've written or, or some other thing that I've done, you know? And I think a, another part of that magic as a young creative is like, having never literally never done this before and like this is the first song you wrote or the first couple of songs you wrote and it's like i've literally never made anything with this chord progression before and it, there's just like a real magic there would you do you do you have you felt like uh you've had those same feelings before or is it different yeah definitely similar i'm like i i'm like less critical of my music like in in that way where i want to always be like doing something i haven't done before like i i love um, pop music and Fremdorong, and so, like, you know, when I, like, slightly good, like, vibe and sound, I'm like, let's do more of this, um, but I never exactly what you're talking about, and I, and that, and I've also never thought about that before, about that, you know, those early songs being the first ones, and so they're so exciting, because, yeah, like, I'm not, I, I don't feel like thinking about the fact that I've done it before, like, keeps me from making new stuff, or things I'm excited about, um, but it's definitely, like, I haven't written anything, like, new or different enough that I'm like, wow, I've never done this before, which is, right. which is totally a thing that I, that was, that was happening when you're a kid rather than making art. Yeah, it's like, that, that's, that's a cool thing to think about. Yeah, totally. Um, maybe one day I will get up the, the guts, maybe if you do it too, uh, to, 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 like, dig through the archives and find some like my earliest stuff and put that out there for the for oh, the, for the moon though to see right and i think about it i think about it i have a couple of like really like memory bar records but scenes i wrote when i was like i don't know 18 and 19 or something that like yeah i'm so proud of them because i'm like wow i made this i guess that's so i'm like i'm proud of it in that road but yeah i'm like I'm sure I want those like sitting next to like current music on Spotify. Yeah, maybe it's more like a merch item for like people who are into the deep cuts or something. I yeah, know. totally a behind the scenes Patreon reward. Join me on Patreon. Exactly. Like, here are my like saddest teenage songs. My little teenage voice is crying. <laughs> no shame at all to just like let my voice barely can like cry in a song. Absolutely. Oh, I love that so much. So you've mentioned a couple of times, um, like in interview, like I, I saw you one time as well, and you you talked about this on stage. But you have this fascination with uh, breakup, heartache, um, sort of specifically the endings of relationships. I'm wondering if do you feel like there is a any kind of distinct moment or series of moments where that began for you that fascination? Where to start? You know what I mean. Um, I feel like starting <laughs> up, I was always like this, like weirdo little tomboy. You know, I wasn't like other girls. Um, surprise. Um, it was like so I would have crushes a lot of times on girls who weren't interested in me because you know I wasn't 
regular there type, I guess. Um, and had a lot of feelings about it. And especially when I was getting into, you know, late middle school and early high school, it was like those, the, your like ability to like feel like romantic feelings appears. Um, and then to like not have that returned, uh, you know, I was always journaling about it or, or listening to music about it. I was really into like listening to the radio and songs would like make me feel so much. Um, and yeah, I, I, I mean, but the origin story is honestly when I was in ninth grade, I had a huge crush on this punk kid in my English class. And we became friends. We were like besties. And I had a crush on them. And they played guitar. And so I was like, I'm going to learn guitar too. Because my dad already played guitar. There were instruments in the house. It was something I'd been interested in. But I was like, now I'm going to get really serious. And I got to play guitar. I'm going to impress this person. I'm going to write songs about how I feel about them. Uh, and then we finally did end up dating for like one month. And then they broke up with me. Oh, and I was so devastated because it was like the first time anybody had really like liked me back as well. And then yeah. suddenly it was over. Um, and just like the amount of teenage feelings and songs that come from like a one month breakup of your know, after your first experience, like feeling that romance with another person, it's wild. Well, it's wild. But it can just like carry the worse. That month probably felt like you know way more than a month. Like as a as a thirty something, a month feels like nothing anymore, you know. But like, yeah, as as like a ninth grader, it probably was just like you know there were peaks and valleys, and it was an epic journey. Yeah, seriously, you're so right, too. Um, yeah, like, especially when you think about it from the perspective of like when you're young, like a year or a much larger fraction of the time you spent on her. Um, so yeah, my father relationship is like really ideal. Um, yeah, that's a beast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was the first one, and then and then the next really big one was my a, a friend who I first started like playing music with and being in a band with, and we had like a long, a long, drawn out like underground, like kind of like you met someone secretly, that like went for you know long enough that it fueled like so much of my early music. Yeah. It sounds so. Um, uh, it sounds so dangerous too, right? Yeah. Like you can't get caught, you can't get found out. It's yeah, yeah. so dangerous. Yeah, so dangerous. <laughs> you mentioned that your new record is about rediscovering things that you loved as a kid, um, and I'm I'm wondering specifically what you mean by that. Well, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily, like, about rediscovering things I loved as a kid, because when I think about the subject matter of the songs, that's not really that, it's not really in there, but something about the the record as a whole just, like, I think relates to that experience, which is something I've just been going through now, um, which is a lot of, a lot of, of that is related to transitioning and like leaving my marriage and like kind of quitting the real world and like living this like trailer lifestyle that I live where I where I drag my my home to whatever part of the country I want to be in at whatever time of year. You know, I kind of like follow the weather, follow my friends. Um and that sort of like feeling of doing what feels good just for the sake of it feeling good, which I feel like is a very like youthful way to approach life you're just like what am i what do i have to do today i don't know i'm gonna play in the yard 
Um, yeah. And yeah, um, and the, so the songs over that they read, there are several that are, you know, related to that, like getting in touch with your, you know, true inner self, I guess. Totally. And for me, I, I do, I think, like, because for me, I think the last time I, I felt like true, like myself, whoever I was, it was like, it was pre puberty. It was those years I was talking about, you know, like nine, 10, 11, where I'm like, I got a, a room tree camouflage suit for Christmas one year because all I wanted to do was like have the whole outfit so I could go room the woods and just like, I was like become part of the forest. Um, and yes. so yeah, the cover image of the album is me wearing this, this, these coveralls and just like sort of like climbing through the forest and my cousin Jenny took that picture. It's kind of cool too. She was like I think fifteen or sixteen when she took it because she was in high school. Um, so it's like kids being kids, yeah, as the cover art, which definitely relates. I love that. I I I you know I feel that a lot right now. I so I you know I find myself struggling. And I'd be interested to know if you still, even though this is kind of like, this is something you really want to pursue with your life, like this sort of like living for the moment kind of thing, if if I can recapitulate it in such a way, um, if that is at all accurate. Um, like, I find myself struggling to like choose things that I actually like want to do. Where do you think that tension comes from? Um, well, for me, it's, it's a desire to like please the people around me, I think. Um, which I, I think is something that like a lot of us experience, you know, I was going to say, it's like, I relate my experience to like my transition, but I think everybody in growing up, you hit a point in your teenage years, you know, high school, when people start asking you, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go to school? What do you, what kind yeah. of job are you going to have? And you sort of start like making these decisions that don't necessarily have anything to do with what you want to do, but the, that you think that you should want to do in order to, like, be loved and accepted by, you know, your parents or society or whoever is around. And I'm sure for everybody it comes from, like, a slightly different place, too, yeah. But I yeah. think I just think that there's such a tendency as we get into adulthood to just, um, there's there's such a, uh, a pressure to deny the things that you, like, actually want to do in favor of some other things. Like, e even when I'm given, like, a, even when I have, like, a list of leisure activities that I want to do for myself, right? Like, I often have a hard time selecting the thing that I actually, actually, actually want to do because I feel like I should do, like, I should, like, read this book because it's good for my edification or I should, like, watch this movie because, like, you know what I mean? Like, yep. um, Ugh, I absolutely do that. Uh, I actually just was listening to this podcast the other day. Um, it's called Upstream. It's really good. Um, and they they have a lot of different episodes about like our relationships to capitalism and you know how we mm -hmm. can change. Um, and they had somebody on talking about time, and they were talking about this exact concept about like even when it's supposed to be your like leisure time, your like relaxing time, you're like still looking for a way to make it productive. Um, and so it's yeah. like if what you really want to do is just like play that fucking video game for 12 hours straight or like i don't know sometimes what i really want to do is like organize a cabin but that doesn't necessarily need to be organized like but one person's productive and another person's um unproductive and yeah that that like that like need to like choose the most productive leisure activity um that's that's something i've also been really conscious about lately and i'm, I'm like actively trying to like fight against it i guess 
So can I ask how how do you do it then? How do you, do you do identify it? the thing that you actually want to do and then do it? <laughs> I don't know. I think for me, it's like listening to those like little flickers of like gut feeling when you're like reading that list of things to do, and there's like when the list that like makes you happier. Um, and like even if you have to say it out loud, no, I'm gonna do this thing. Like. Mm. just like knowing that like you, like you do have the choice you don't have to listen to that like little part of your brain that's like but reading the book would be better for me honestly the answer is I don't know how I do it I don't know how I do it <laughs> I think it's going to be like water flowing practice as I figure it out and like for me it's literally just like okay I hear what my brain is trying to do here and I have been doing enough um, clinical social um, about it to know what's going on here. And so if this is really my leisure time, I'm going to go frolic in the, in the woods. Or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go swimming. I'm going to do something useless. The podcast I was referring to when we were talking about wasted time and like reclaiming wasted time. And like, mm. you should be wasting time. Like you deserve to waste time. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I'm going to take that with me. The, anyway, so this is why this is what this podcast is really about. This is just where I, I contact musicians and artists and, and uh, get a free therapy session out of it, basically. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. I find it really interesting uh, when I look back on my teen years and uh, the feelings I had, the actions that I took because of those feelings, I usually feel like I have a lot of I feel like a sense of embarrassment about it sometimes. Um, but for you, it seems like something desirable, at least artistically. Um, and so I'm wondering if you could elaborate a little bit on that. Would you agree with that? If so, elaborate. If not, how do I have it wrong? Um, no, I would definitely do that. I mean. I don't, I don't think that I'm like embarrassed of any of the things that I've been doing thankfully. Um, but I but I but maybe um like cringiness counts as embarrassment. I think it does. I think that's really what I'm trying to say. Like there's 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 a there's a lot of cringing and a lot of yeah, embarrassment is maybe like a there's like a there's something about morality wrapped up in the word embarrassment, but the cringing is is more about just like those awkward yeah. Yeah, totally. Because uh, if if I maybe if I had done something like um like uh John Cusack say anything style like boombox on my head to somebody, sure. I would be totally embarrassed about having done something like that. Um, but I definitely like about like cringy like well because the change for what I'm talking about are sort of what we mentioned earlier that just like unabashed like um emotional like. I don't know, like the things you say to somebody when you have feelings for them, where you're just like, we were supposed to be together for a while. It's like cringy looking back on them because you're like, you know, you're a baby. Um, mm. But from a songwriting perspective, so many of my favorite songs are the ones that are just like, they say like the most intense thing that you could ever think. Because, mm. I mean, I feel like that's what music does for a lot of us in, in relation to like relationships is it like, it like speaks the things that you are like feeling in your heart when you have those like really intense emotions. Sure. Um, and so, you know, I like the idea of like not being afraid to say those things in a song, even though, you know, I'm like a rational adult who like understands how relationships work now. I feel like, 
I was, I think I do, at least. Um, and, you know, I think I have, like, a, a good hold on my emotions. I'm not the kind of person who would, you know, going to my crush and be like, you have to choose me or this other person, and you have mm. to choose now, you know? And, but, like, that concept could make a really great song. Understatement. Understatement makes a lot of great songs, actually. But, like, especially in the world of pop music, I feel like you want that sort of, like that intensity, that moment, right? That, that, that crisis, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I obviously understand that makes incredible music. I, I think that, you know, you can write about anything in any way. And also like as a, you know, my grown up brain, I feel like I also get excited. I'm getting excited about those songs that are like about more of the nuance of it all. But yeah, in the context of like pop music, like all my favorite pop songs, um, or so many of them, you know, are the ones that like say those extreme things about love and relationships that I feel like you you could only, you only really feel when it's like so new, like in that use of it all. Do you remember any of those uh, dramatic moments for yourself? Any uh, expressions or things that you might have said or uttered to other people where you think back on it and you're just like, that is the cringiest thing I think I could have ever said. I think for me, I got lucky in that I've been writing songs since I was 15. So, like, I put most of my cringy, I put all of my cringiest, most extreme love feelings, like, into music. So I often found myself playing a show where all my friends were in the audience, and I was just, like, scream singing all these songs that were about somebody that we all knew, who was also there in the audience. And instead of, like, instead of, like, yeah, instead of, like, Saying it to them personally, I would like sing it around in front of all our friends. So maybe that's the that's the embarrassing moment for me. That's amazing. That's so yeah. cool. I, yeah. I think that that is. I think that's really badass. Actually, I, I think it takes most people all the guts in the world to get up and say those things to one individual person. And like, you kind of blasted it to, right? To like your entire community of people. <laughs> We're asking it to everybody. Yeah. Oh gosh. That's just that. I mean, it goes back to that youthful confidence. Like I was confident enough. I was like, these songs are good, but I'm going to like, so have a shirt about how this person was fucking with me, but I'm going to say it like so well in this song. That's so fun. They're going to be like, do you think that do you think that those people knew that the song was about them definitely and did they ever say anything or do anything about it i mean oh uh, yeah well the, the particular situation i'm thinking of was, was someone who i was really into in college which is like when i when my like solo songwriting and performing like really ramped up i was like constantly playing shows and um i went to school in athens georgia which is like a, a huge music town um I was playing shows all the time, and I was inviting my friends out to shows. And yeah, I was just one person in my friend group who, was, again, it was like a sort of like unrequited, on again, off again, throwing, you know, they were a teenage boy, so they didn't know what they were doing. And with the friend group was close enough that like, everyone knew the gossip, and then it was just like, yeah, John Alton's going to play a show, and we can hear all these lyrics, and... But we all know the lyrics were like pretty straightforward, so I'm not a very metaphorical guy.
I'm wondering if you feel like there has been uh, like any change in your relationship to your own artistry uh, since transitioning. Well, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is just like learning a new voice. Um, sure. And the, this, because my voice has dropped about an octave since I started hormones five years ago now. And um, it's definitely made singing old songs kind of weird and different. And I, I, I hear myself differently in my head sometimes when I'm writing. Um, and I'll, you know, go to sing something and I'm like, oh, it's actually not going to work there anymore. Mm. My brain hasn't gotten used to the fact that my physical voice is deeper than it used to be. Um, but it's also been really cool because I feel like, you know, when I when I listen to my older stuff, I, I like it and I, I love the music I've made, but um, I feel like when I'm listening to The Long Way, my new record, which is the first record I've made since my voice dropped, I feel like I'm like actually hearing myself for the first time. I think that, yeah, it's really been trippy. It's been awesome. Um, That's got to be really powerful. I mean, yeah, it really feels. Uh, that, yeah, because though I though I read my older stuff, I think when I used to listen to it, I wasn't necessarily conscious of why, but I just could never like picture myself when I was hearing the music. But now I feel like I can, um, and so I think you know with the songs that I've been writing. Lately, like since I put out the new record, like the new new songs, the unheard stuff, um, I'm I'm feeling connected to it. I think in a way that I haven't before, um, and I'm excited to see how that like manifests in in my records and my art going forward. Are there aspects of your like adolescence or young life that um, transitioning has helped to clarify or illuminate for you? Um, gosh. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think just just a little bit like more of an understanding about how I felt like an outsider and when I felt like an outsider. Mm. Um, and, you know, why I, after hitting puberty, like, like started doing things that weren't the things that I wanted to be doing, you know? Um, sure. Kind of like what we were talking about, like, like choosing paths that I, th- I thought were what people wanted rather than what I wanted. I think, like, um, you know, making this huge decision to, like, really fully pursue a huge thing that I want for myself, regardless of what anybody else thinks or what the world thinks, um, has, like, given me this perspective going back about, like, you know, all the other, like, tiny ways in which I did those same things. What would you hope that, kids these days kids these days might glean from your music what would kids these days take away from my music as a listener what do you think about because i'm so not a kids these days i I know right those think um you know i i think i think i think a lot about like the other like gender queer and trans kids and that they might uh see me or hear me and think about how they could they could do this too um I think that's what I like. Hope they would take away from it. Um, yeah. yeah, and I, I mean, I think I also hope that they would hear my songs and and hear their own emotions sung out loud by by the band that inspires them. You know, the way that I did when I was a kid, when I was listening to Dashboard or somebody much much older than me. I think Chris Carabo was in his thirties when I was in high school. I would be like, "Wow, he's in his thirties, so." Old. 
I know, man. But like this guy was singing all these things, and I was like, "Eh, this is how that, this is exactly how I feel about so and so in my class that I couldn't stop thinking about." Um, so yeah, you know, I I hope I hope kids these days, um, like can relate to the the emotion just as well as I did back then. Thank you.